Welcome to the Athletic Business Podcast. I'm Andy Berg. And I'm Tabitha Wethel. Tabitha, how you doing? Good. How you doing, Andy? Good. Um, we're back to at least seasonable weather here in Madison, Wisconsin. Right, yes. This is what, negative 24 wind chill? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's warming up. We're in the mm-hmm. 20s and 30s now. I'll take it. Spring is 40 days away. Yeah. So glad you did the math on that for us. <laughs> I didn't. I just saw a, twi- a tweet today <laughs> that said spring is only 40 days away. And those are things that we in Wisconsin pay attention to. So we, we did just have Groundhog Day. Oh, sure. And I believe... Conflicting reports on Conflicting that, yeah. reports. Conflicting meteorologist Punxsutawney Phil right. says that six more weeks of winter. I think so. I can't remember, but I know that Jimmy the Groundhog... Out of Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. Yeah, he said the opposite. Yeah. Whatever it was. This is nice. So the rodents don't agree, and that's very 2022. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, this week, uh, before we get started on uh, the interview, you have a few housekeeping details. Yeah, just a couple housekeeping notes. Um, We just had the architectural showcase. Uh, We just had an opening for submissions. Deadline of March 9th. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, deadline of March 9th. And uh, to submit, you just go to Atlas, in, or not Atlas, that's a separate entity. <laughs> <laughs> Athleticbusiness.com slash showcase22 to submit. And one other thing. Oh, buyer's guide. The buyer's guide um, drops. Uh, first week of March. Um, always available online, but the printed copy, the Bible you want next to your workstation right. um, will come out the 2022 version uh, first week of March. Print, digital. All of it. All of it. Yep. Getting on to the interview this week, um, I spoke with Ben Barnett. He's the president and CEO of Bodhi Sport. An interesting com- uh, con- uh, concept um, as all sports go to more big data. Yeah. Bodhisport uses visual cognitive testing online in order to assess um, athletes' cognitive ability in certain areas. So, say, multiple object tracking, uh, spatial recognition, I or um, like manipulation. Awareness? Yeah, awareness um, and a- the ability to say see an object and then in your mind flip it in the reverse and match that to another uh, image that's the the same. Um, But those are the specifics of the tests they offered. Um, And I've also taken the tests. Mm -hmm. I will never be a professional quarterback, I'm pretty sure. Is that what it said? For many, many reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, let's take a listen to the conversation I had with Ben. Um, I think people find it really interesting. Yeah, let's get into it. All right. Ben, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely, Andy, my pleasure. Um, so, Bodhi Sport, really uh, sort of a, a, a unique and cutting edge uh, part of the, well, athletics and data and, and that whole space. Um, can you sort of give me an explanation for the audience of what Bodhi Sport is and maybe a little about the problem you are seeking to solve with the business? Sure. Um, 
One of the things that we've noticed and everybody in sports knows is that, you know, what you can measure physically uh, does not tell the whole story with an athlete. And large part of every athletic performance is mental. And for a long time, people have been trying to figure this problem out and try to understand and quantify what it is about the mental side of sports that they can understand and objectively measure and use to predict things, right? And, um, you know, people have <laughs> gone in many different directions with this stuff. And, uh, you know, some of it's been, you know, ill-suited for the, the task at hand. Um, I'll give you an example. The NFL used the Wonderlick test for a long time. And right. just, just, they just uh, got rid of that, right? Just got rid of it. Yep. Yeah. And it was a long time coming. I mean, you know, I think the teams that do good data work have known for a long time that there's nothing predictive about the Wonderlick test. And it, it's a written multiple choice test. It doesn't test anything to do with football knowledge and it doesn't test anything to do with football abilities. Right? And, and the abilities are really what we're after. Um, you know, the difference between what they do as a written test, you're, you're, you're basically, you know, taking questions that could be in the SATs and giving them to professional football players in the hopes that that's going to predict their, their outcomes on the field. What we do is very different. Um, we've, we've put together a battery of uh, scientifically validated game-like cognitive tests that are um, individually suited to objectively measure specific parts of your cognitive abilities. Um, so anything from your ability to track multiple objects or your ability to remember where things are in space uh, or to manipulate mental imagery in your mind's eye, um, your ability to do you know, pattern recognition or visual search or uh, in, you know, response inhibition or you know, impulse control type of things. Um, you know, we, we have dozens of tests now and the ability to uh, test for things that are actually sport specific and position specific abilities, right? So it's not just general intelligence. It's not just what you learned in school. It, you know, it's, it's not any of these sort of hit and miss ideas that people had with, uh, with, with testing the mental side of the game. This is really it. And it's what people are using on a day-to-day -day basis to perform the actions that their position in sport require. Uh, in our previous conversations, you've talked about wanting to really take a, an athlete first position for Bodhisport. Can you explain a little about, a little about what that means and sort of for, for a high school athlete, for a college athlete? Um, talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, there's a lot of different ways this data can be used, right? And so what, what we're capable of doing is creating a cognitive profile for an athlete and helping them understand what they do well, uh, what they're what they maybe struggle with, and then helping them understand what those things mean, how they can accentuate the strengths, and how they can mitigate their weaknesses. And that's, you know, this is exactly what every coach in the world is doing with every athlete all the time. Um, this is, it's, it's with us, it's a little bit more specific because it's, uh, it's about very specific cognitive abilities. But so, you know, we can help teams, we can help schools, we can help organizations and coaches understand all of their people. But from an athlete-centric way, we can go directly to the athlete and say, hey, listen, your cognitive profile says this, this, and this about you. Um, you know, it's not, these aren't absolute terms, but they are, you know, objective measurements of these abilities. And we can help you accentuate those things about you uh, when you're in the recruiting process. If you'd like, we can, we can offer sort of a cognitive representation 
for an athlete that's being recruited by colleges. Say, we'll verify your cognitive abilities. And then when you go into the recruiting process, you can actually send those schools to us and we'll say, yes, they are you know, verified to be uh, in the 98th percentile in spatial memory, for instance, or in the 97th percentile in um, pattern recognition, for instance. And those things can matter to um, you know, schools that are recruiting you for one sport or another, depending on their understanding of, of what we're measuring. Um, so there's sort of, you have to hit it from two sides. You have to be willing to talk to the teams and you know, help them educate themselves and understand what these cognitive measures are and how they relate to sports. And then you can help athletes get where they want to go by differentiating themselves. So at the high school level, it's recruiting. At the college level, it's participating in the draft and, and having us represent their cognition uh, to teams and organizations that might be interested in drafting them. Or for a lot of college athletes, you know, the next step is getting a job or going to grad school. And we can do the same thing for them there. We can help them, uh, you know, differentiate themselves on cognitive levels where we might be able to help them get their resume from the bottom of the pile to the top of the pile, right? Or their, their application to med school from the middle of the pile to the top of the pile. And that's our goal is to help athletes get to where they want to go, educate them, help them understand um, cognition, which is a, it's a sort of a frontier in sports. And it's not something that, you know, athletes or, or anybody really understands. Um, and so our job is to, to help people get where they want to go uh, by using their cognitive strengths to get there and to, you know, to, to learn about their strengths so that they can accentuate them in the future, whatever that future is. Sure. Um, so talk to me a little bit about what these cognitive abilities actually mean. It sounds like they're, I mean, they are hardwired. So it's not necessarily something where you're going to take the test and say, well, I need to improve there. And I'm, this is more about measuring sort of an athlete's innate abilities and communicating those to say a recruiter. That's right. And and the truth is nothing is absolutely hardwired, right? It's I don't there, there's an analogy that doesn't quite work. I mean, you know, it's not like height, right? I'm six mm. one and I'm not gonna be six two tomorrow if I really try hard to be six two, right? <laughs> um, you know, I'm forty two years old and that's it's a done deal, right? Right. <laughs> and uh and it's not exactly like that, right? Um the analogy I like to give is if somebody came to me today and said, hey, Ben, we want you to try out and, and become a member of the U.S. Olympic gymnastics team, um, you know, I, I could try as hard as I want to become a great gymnast. And I think, you know, I could probably improve at doing cartwheels. Like right now, I cannot successfully do a cartwheel. Um, <laughs> but I'm not going to get so good at gymnastics, no matter how hard I try at the age of 42 and you know, I'm, I'm 230, you know, I'm six yeah. one. That's not what a gymnast looks like or does, right? And so I could try as hard as I want and I might get a very small bit better at gymnastics, but I'm not going to get closer to being on the U.S. Olympic team in any statistically relevant way, right? And so there are things you could do, like get lots of sleep, uh, you know, eat a perfectly healthy diet, always, you know, be trying new things and, and pushing your brain to new limits. Those things are good to do. Everybody should be trying to get the most out of themselves at all times. But within a certain statistically relevant range, I don't think that there's there's big changes that are happening on these tests. Um, you know, the multiple object tracking test is one that we like to reference. That's a, that's a, it's a super interesting test, and it tests your ability to track multiple objects in space. And some people can track three objects. Some people can track four. 
Some people contract five, some people contract six. And the people that contract six at a high rate of speed are kind of superheroes, right? And yeah. remember, you know, if you can track three, you're not going to be able to track six. It's, it's not in the cards. It's not going to ha happen for you. And that's okay, because there's lots of different cognitive abilities. You don't have to be great at all of them. And the, what we found is nobody is great at all of them, right? You have things you're good at. You have things that are in the normal range, and you have some weaknesses. And that's almost everybody has a profile that's just like that. There's no mythical genius that's good at everything. And there's nobody that's bad at everything either. Everybody has strengths and weaknesses. So, um, you know, with the multiple object tracking test, you could, you could do a thousand hours of practice and not get statistically, you know, better in a statistically relevant way. I'll say that. Sure, sure. Uh, so if an athletic department or a coach or an AD comes to you and they, they want to enlist your services, how, how do you work with them? Do you hone the tests for specific athletes and sports, or is it just the same test and it applies to, you know, whoever's, whoever's taking it? Well, many of the tests apply to many different things, right? And, and some of this, like that multiple object tracking test, um, you know, that, that applies to many different parts in many different sports, but people in different positions use multiple object tracking with greater regularity, right? Like a goalkeeper in soccer is pretty much always doing multiple object tracking. And it's different than being vigilant about one thing or shifting your attention from one thing to the next. It's really keeping track of everything in front of you as much as you can at the exact same time. And that's a, that's a very unique cognitive task, right? And you don't need to do that in some things like, you know, diving. You might not need to be a great multiple object tracker. There's no ball, there's no defenders, there's no offense, right? There's no many objects to keep track of. So you don't absolutely need to be a great multiple object tracker to be a great diver, right? Whereas you might actually need it to be a great goalkeeper in soccer. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And so the tests themselves are not necessarily different for each sport, although there's some ideas we have about which, which tests would be great for one sport or for another. The more important thing is the data is more relevant in one area or another. And the way we can break down the data and tell you what is important um, has to do with performance on the field and the way that we observe these abilities correlating with uh, athletic performance and potential. And so, uh, you know, we have many, many different tests. And I think the, the, real, the real relevant thing is how much do people want to do, right? You know, some of the tests, you could take five of our tests and have that be a, a you know, a 40-minute experience, right? Or if you were super serious, and you said, I want to take every single one, you know, you could take all of our tests and it would take you a few hours. Um, most athletic departments don't have the ability to get everybody organized for multiple hours worth of testing, but they might be able to do some remote testing. And we have remote capabilities. We have in-person capabilities. We have online proctored testing capabilities. And each of these is sort of a different value structure for, for different organizations, schools, camps, teams, what have you. Yeah. Inter interesting. Um, so how, how, obviously the more data that you generate as a company, uh, yeah. the more you're going to learn, how do you see, um, sort of the knowledge base and the solutions you provide evolving over time as you collect more data? Well, I think, you know, well, that's a good question. I mean, I think the evolution will be just more predictive, right? Sure. Right now we'll have, we have all kinds of um, ability to create comparative studies for anybody with 
uh, with athletes. We have the ability to help athletes differentiate themselves from others in specific ways. We have the ability to help coaches understand themselves and their athletes and how they differ from some of their athletes. Um, you know, one good example of that is coaches often, you know, will say, okay, imagine this scenario in the sport or they'll, or they'll show a diagram and they'll be like, imagine that it's different in this way, right? And mental imagery is not something that's universally uh, equally distributed, right? And so your ability to imagine something as a coach might be different than your, the ability of your players to imagine something. And to recognize that and to know ahead of time, day one, all these kids come into the room and we're talking about you know, our offensive strategy or whatever. I know which kids are having trouble with mental imagery and I can specifically show them images instead of asking them to imagine it or, or mad, you know, asking them to change the, the diagram in their head. And that's a huge advantage, just knowing that ahead of time. And that's one example. Um, but then you, there's all kinds of applications for putting people in the right positions to succeed and giving them positional assignments that might accentuate their strengths and mitigate their weaknesses. And over time, the more and more data we have on goalkeepers, say, in any sport or uh, quarterbacks, right, we'll, we'll be able to accurately predict what kind of offense, which side of the field one play is going to work better on, um, you know, what type of things what type of reads and orders of reads will be better for this type of player, right? Should we go full field? Should we be running more RPOs? Do we need to make things more binary? Are we accentuating their ability to shift their attention correctly? You know, and there's, there's just many, many different questions and it's complex, right? And, and that's the great thing about sports. There's no easy answer because every team is different. Every player is different and every coach is different. And so every time you combine all these different things, you get, slightly different answers that are environmentally specific, right? And I think what we're hoping to do is be able to get even down to that granular level and help people with predictive solutions that give them some sort of guidance as to how to get the most out of their people. Yeah, very interesting. Um, so as as you've developed Bodhisport, have there been moments where you were kind of blown away or surprised by the data or how the data you generate has been useful to your customers? Yeah, so there's, I mean, I'm not going to get into too many specifics, but here's the, uh, the, the really interesting stuff is that it's not that surprising, right? Um, there's, there's certain positions and sports that don't have certain cognitive requirements on them. And at a higher level, you start to see that they, you know, there's a matchup between what you would intuit about some of this stuff and what you wouldn't, you know, we have a test called the go, no go test, right? Which is really simple. It's you're looking at a blank screen and the instructions say, hit the space bar. If you see a triangle, right. But don't hit the space bar if it's not a triangle. Right. And so triangle pops up, you hit the space bar square pops up. You're not supposed to hit the space bar. Right. <laughs> and it's that simple. And it's amazing how direct that test is to, issues that people have with turning the ball over, for instance, right? There's an impulse control there. Um, and not just turning the ball over, but going off sides or, or moving when you shouldn't have or falling for a fake, right? There's, there's impulse actions happening for everybody at all times. And whether you have the ability to inhibit that response makes a big difference as to whether or not you are able to keep that ball instead of passing it when the defender's in the way or, you know, you know, whether you're able to not jump off sides as a defensive lineman or, you know, your ability to uh, restrict yourself from falling for a fake, 
right, as a defender. Right? And there's there's a number of different ways that those things apply, but it's a it's a it's a universally necessary skill, especially in the ball sports, to have a go no go score that is um, you know healthy, right? Yeah. And a healthy go no go score can indicate the ability to function in many different environments. If you have a real problem with that impulse control or response inhibition, you're going to find yourself making decisions you wish you hadn't. And um, that's not just true in sports, that's true in many, many areas of life. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's all fascinating. And this, you know, the tests really get down to, it's not sort of a question of, oh, is this person, you know, what we would call smart, or, you know, are they good at school, right? Do they have a great education? Do they have a set of tutors that are helping them behind the scenes? None of that matters, right? These are skills that are that are distributed across the population. And they're not, they're not things that have anything to do with whether you went to a good private school or you know you had a tutor or your parents paid for classes so you could get better at this stuff. There's there's no such thing. And that's what's really awesome about this stuff is the the test retest reliability. And the way that these things can isolate specific cognitive abilities is, is uh, you know, it's true across all populations. And so that's the thing that I think is most interesting to people and most fascinating to coaches and athletic directors is that, you know, there's something real here that they can count on year, year in, year out. Right, right. Um, so if an AD or a coach or uh, an athlete wanted to uh, implement Bodhi Sports Solutions, how would they get started? Do you guys do a sit down, uh, like say with an athletic program, would you do a sit down as kind of an onboarding thing and figure out what they want? How does, how does that all work? Yeah, that's right. I mean, the first step would be them contacting us. Uh, you know, we can be contacted at info at bodysport.com or they can go on our website and fill out the contact form and get in touch with us right away. Um, and that'll go to the same email address. Uh, and so, you know, the hope is that we'll we'll initiate a, a call. We'll do a, a a video call where we help them walk through their account. We'll set up a free account for them, um, and we'll give them some free tests, right? And we'll we'll let them understand by taking the test themselves, and maybe giving a few of their coaches some tests, and maybe trying it on a few of their athletes. That there's some differences between people, right? And that cognitive profiles, and this is a really interesting thing. Cognitive profiles are are various. Like I can be great at multiple object tracking and bad at three other things. It's not like I'm if I'm good at this one, I'm good at the other ones too. Every one is sort of independent or even anti-correlated with each other. There's, there's some of our tests that are, if you're good at this, you're probably not good at this other one, right? And it's fascinating stuff. And so giving them the chance to just try it out, understand themselves a little bit better, understand some people that they know already a little bit better gives them a way of thinking, okay, I can sort of visualize how this would be valuable to me going forward and how it would the value would compound on itself every year going forward because of the value of this type of data. And then, you know, we would essentially, we'd start them off with a, with a starter package and then we'd have a, you know, sort of an annual subscription where they would, they'd be able to get a certain number of tests from us and updates on those tests, data and reporting. And, you know, they'd always have access to us for, their questions or, or how they want to interpret things. And I think that's where we want to be, you know, we want to move slow and do things correctly is help people interpret this data in responsible ways and help them understand their people in ways that are accurate and not go anywhere past that, right? And, and you know, I think one of the things that we want to make sure people are doing is thinking about this data um, 
in the context of everything else that exists, right? So if, if an athlete or a human is a spreadsheet, they are a spreadsheet with an unlimited number of columns, right? So far to the right on the columns that you, you, know, you just never get there. There's so many, and many of them are undiscovered, right? Some of the discovered columns are things like height and weight, uh, personality factors, mindset, um, you know, work ethic, teamwork, all these things that make up a great athlete. And then there's cognitive columns too, like your ability to attract multiple objects, your reaction time, your spatial memory, things like that. These are all real and objectively measurable things about a person. There's a bunch of things we don't know too, and that nobody knows, right? And that will be discovered over time. And I think it's important to take these bits of information that we're producing and see them in context with everything else, because you, you can do really well on our tests, right? And be, um, you know, be great at one thing or another. It doesn't make you 6'3", 250, right? right? So right. you might not still be able to play linebacker, yeah. right? <laughs> it's just like, right. that's, it's not going to solve all the other things, right? If you don't show up to practice, it doesn't matter what your cognitive profile is. You're a bad teammate, right? And so right. I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of context here, and it's really important for people to not overvalue or underestimate the value of other measures as well. You know, we want to really talk about like the holistic view of a human and a, of an athlete and not get into this thing where we think cognition is the answer and the be all end all of everything, because it's not, it's, it's a part of it and it's objectively measurable and we can do that work for you, but it's got to be in the context of everything else. Right. Fascinating stuff, uh, Ben. Thank you so much for taking the time and uh, wish you guys the best of luck. Thanks, Andy. And we're back. Um, yeah, great conversation with Ben. Uh, really interesting guy. Yeah. I wish them luck uh, in what they're hoping to do with the platform. As he says there, they're also hoping to expand into education so that, um, you know, a student could say, you know, I scored this on my cognitive uh, test, testing with Bodhisport. You can see that here. I, um, you know, have abilities as an athlete as well as a student and, you know, even on college admissions tests. Yeah, just more data to represent you. Exactly. And what you can do. Exactly. Awesome. Um, so anyway, we will be back in two weeks with uh, another great interview um, as of yet undetermined given scheduling. Um, but we hope you'll all return and uh, join us again. Yeah. All right. Thanks See so much. See you next round, y'all.